authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short nonfiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Happy Friday the 13th. It's a spooky month. (laughs) My birthday happens to be on the 13th and it fell on a Friday once and it was quite lucky for me actually. No superstitious stuff happened or anything bad. I was probably about eight or nine at the time and we were at an adventure park playground in Scotland having a birthday party and me and two of my friends had our picture put on the front of our brochure. (laughs) So that wasn't a bad birthday. Anyway, today's interview is with award-winning podcaster and creative entrepreneur, author, Joanna Penn. And we chat about defining writing your shadow, Joanna's new publication, identifying your white and dark horse counterparts, traditional and self-publishing, analysing your characters, Kickstarter, diving super deep into our own shadows and much more. It's a really interesting discussion that comes up between me and Joanna and uh, yeah, quite personal, I think as well. So I hope that you get something out of it and connect with what we chat about. So in my author adventure this week, I have written some, sold some and marketed some of my nonfiction books, but it's been back to school for the kids and it's mainly been, you know, just finding our feet in a new routines. My kids have got new things obviously starting back at school and they've got new things that they, they're starting to do in their lives like activities after school so we're just trying to find our groove there as well as me starting my new role as a Segway tour guide. So mainly I've been working off Rottnest Island which is an island that you know from where I reside in Perth Western Australia you can take a ferry across uh, it takes about 40 minutes. Yeah it's been a novelty you know jumping on a boat and getting across to this island and then jumping on Segway and riding around the island and uh, so far I'm teaching safety and things and obviously getting people checked in and out. I'm not currently doing the touring yet that's that's what I'm getting trained for but yeah I feel very privileged and very lucky to have scored this job at this point. It's it's really really great and it's feeding my soul. (laughs) Just being outside with people doing something fun something different, something interesting it's just what I need right now Hello, my name's Nicole Webb and I'm the owner of Nicole Webb Book Publicity. I'm originally a journalist and a newsreader with over 30 years experience in the media. My memoir, China Blonde, was published in 2020 and I'm now working on a novel set in Singapore. In the past two years, I've completed more than 20 successful author book publicity campaigns. Promoting your book can feel like a daunting task. So if you want help planning your book publicity path, I'd love to help you. If you need a compelling media release, 
send someone to pitch you and your book to the media, or perhaps you want some media training to ensure you're confident when discussing your book, then let's talk. From consultations through to full marketing campaigns, I design tailored strategies to suit your needs and to target your book to its specific audience. You can check out my website, www.nicolewebonline.com for more details. Joanna Penn writes nonfiction for authors and is an award-nominated New York Times and USA Today best-selling thriller author as J.F. Penn. She's an award-winning podcaster and creative entrepreneur. Welcome back to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Joanna. Oh, thanks for having me, Joanne. I'm excited to talk to you today. Oh, we're so thrilled and honoured to have you back on the show with us. For those who don't know you, can you tell us you know, a bit about your author adventure to date? I guess like many of us have been around a while now. I started writing seriously in around 2006 and that sort of coincided with the beginning of the digital revolution, I guess. The, and uh, so I started self-publishing in 2008, started my website, thecreativepen.com, pen with a double N, and then basically been writing since then, say 15 years as we record this in 2023. Uh, at this point, I have around 45 books uh, across the couple of pen names, as as you mentioned, mainly thrillers, dark fantasy, some horror, action adventure, and then of course, my um, nonfiction for authors. I also now write travel memoir, had a pilgrimage book earlier this year. And yeah, so I do all kinds of things. And like you, I enjoy podcasting and my podcast has been running since 2009. So it feels like <laughs> it feels like I've been doing this quite a long time. But I should say, since you're in Australia, that I lived in Australia for five years. I worked uh, for a large mining company, of which <laughs> there are only a couple, right? And I used to implement accounts payable into mining companies and other, other places. So for anyone who thinks that it's difficult to transition from corporate to creative careers, it is possible. That's absolutely mind-blowing how, how many books you've got, how long your career's been. It's just absolutely incredible. How are you going to celebrate, you know, 15 years of writing and, and 45 different books and different genres you're absolutely a hybrid author <laughs> doing all these different things I, yeah how are you going to celebrate all that well, it's interesting. I, I feel like this is one of our problems as authors, perhaps, because of the way and traditional publish, published authors have it even worse, because there's a delay, I think, between the finishing a book and often the publication. But then when we finish a book, we're often thinking about the next book. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I mean, the process that there's the sort of exciting part of writing a book, and then there's the finishing energy, I call it, which is all the little bits and bobs you have to do to get things done and to get things out there in the world and the marketing and all that so the really exciting bit of writing is to me for me earlier in the process <laughs> so mm -hmm. generally I'll celebrate finishing a book by doing book research on another book <laughs> <laughs> So I guess for, for my 15 years, I am really thinking about how I'm uh, going to go forward into my next 15 years, because I guess I also feel like that this 15 year period, as I mentioned, 2006, 2008 was the sort of beginning of the digital revolution for authors when Amazon started, when the iPhone and the Kindle launched. And I feel like now we're starting a new phase for authors. I'm kind of looking at how that's going to be for the next 15 years, which is quite exciting, really. I, I didn't expect to be around this long I mean I, we were talking before we started recording you know after your two years of podcasting and yeah. I've been podcasting for whatever it is 14 years <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like you just don't expect these things to 
continue but you finish a book you write another book and that if you love writing that's uh, a good way to live obviously not everyone has to be that way yeah so I guess I'll probably celebrate by writing another book (laughs) oh that's funny today's topic is on your newest publication writing the shadow when did you first become aware of the shadow concept and you know thereby begin to identify you know the definition of of your shadow parts Mm. Well, back in uh, A-level, so you're from the UK, you know, A-levels are sort of 16 to 18. I studied psychology and that's when I first learned about Carl Jung and uh, the psychologist who came up with this idea of the shadow. And later I studied it at uh, university. I did psychology of religion and I later did another degree in psychology. So I've been studying psychology for sort of 20, 30 years now, which is kind of crazy. But Carl Jung wrote a lot, but his idea of the shadow was like this unconscious aspect of our personality and that makes it difficult because you can't just look straight at it it kind of uh, is there in the corner of your eye almost and it's those parts of us that we sort of push down and we hide because society tells us that it's not acceptable or our family says you shouldn't do that or a teacher it was a teacher in my case creatively who told me when I was sort of 11 12 years old you can't write things like that and when people tell us you know I think as, as women as well, we're told you can't behave that way or we're guided by society to be a certain way. Then we push those other parts into the shadow. And another psychologist, Robert Bly, has a wonderful idea of the invisible bag. So you, we all have this invisible bag. And over the first half of our life, really, we stuff things into that bag as people reject us in different ways tell us we shouldn't act like that or think that way or behave that way and again that can be self-judgment it can be society it can be family for authors it might be the inner critic Uh, it might be wounding words that someone has said to you like that writing is terrible or you can't write that genre that's you know a terrible genre like romance authors get that a lot and then you stuff it all into that bag and then at some point in your life you start to think do you know what I I don't really know how I got here or I why can't I start writing those things or being that person? And you start taking them out the bag and kind of examining them. And this is what this book is about, Writing the Shadow. It's really about examining the things that might be holding you back in your writing or in your life and integrating them. And Carl Jung basically says, I must have a dark side also if I am to be whole. And he really talks about, you. Don't, you we're not getting rid of the shadow side. What we're trying to do is integrate those two sides in order to help us live better, live more fully and write in a more authentic way. Wow. Yeah, it's super interesting, those concepts. Absolutely. And so in your book, you use that metaphor, white and dark horse, like what you're saying there with authors, if they identify parts of their shadow self Will that help them, as you said, in their career to write authentically? So I think that, so. the metaphor comes from Plato's chariot. So Plato, the ancient Greek philosopher, and the, the chariot, if you imagine uh, a charioteer and two horses and the charioteer is you and the two horses are the, the white horse and the dark horse and they need to run together. And they're those two parts of the personality. And I think of myself like Joanna Penn. You're talking to Joanna Penn, <laughs> who is kind of my white horse self. And in publishing, you know, publishing has all of these rules and the white horse loves to obey the rules and likes to be the good girl and all of that and my dark horse is more wild and wants to run and has all these crazy ideas and uh, and in life obviously this can come out in different ways if 
there are times in our life when that dark horse runs a bit harder and sometimes might drive us off a cliff a little bit. Uh, um, but the idea is to allow your dark horse to run, but also alongside your white horse so that you can channel those uh, darker instincts, those thoughts that you've kept hidden into your work. And in that way, connect with readers more fully because we all hide parts of ourselves and we're all ashamed of things and I know you have a book on author fears mm -hmm. fear is a is a huge part of what we might be hiding in our shadow if we're afraid of something then well for example I have a fear of judgment around my writing I it's still I mean this book is I had like my heart pounding to come on the phone with you and you can probably tell that I'm more nervous talking about this topic because this book means so much to me. And even after 40 plus books, still afraid of judgment. I mean, it's crazy, right? But it does go back to that teacher who said to me, 11, 12 years old, you can't write things like that. And then I've been told that by other people as well, you know. So it's like, well, how do I get over that? And how we get over these things is obviously by tackling them and integrating them and moving forward. So I guess the idea is to try and learn more about ourselves. And then the benefits of that is that we can bring ourselves into our writing right more courageously, I think, and therefore connect as humans to other flawed humans because we're all mm. flawed right yeah absolutely and I just can't believe a teacher said that to you <laughs> that's good well I, th oh, I think terrible. it happens yeah I think it happens to everyone at, at some point as writers someone is going to tell you something that will hurt you and I guess we're very vulnerable where things matter and that's something that we all have to remember so it's not unimportant and that I mean that crippled me for like no it didn't cripple my life but I yeah. I came You've away never forgot from... it obviously yeah yeah, but you also, know. well, I guess I did forget it, but I thought it, it made me think I am not creative. So I spent like 25 years not being creative. As I said, I ended up in a consulting job implementing accounts mm. payable. And then I, I didn't know why I was so miserable, really. I was like, why do I hate this so much? And it was because I pushed down this creative side for so long that, yeah, I just had lost that part of my life. And I had to re-educate myself to be creative because the corporate world pushes that out of us really so I think when people start this process of okay so why do I feel that way then often you can dig things up and it can help you move forward absolutely things that are sort of coming to mind not not so much about book writing but for myself I, I find it quite hard to say give an opinion or and this might be something different but on social media and stuff I feel like I'm very quiet and and if I have actually had the courage and it's probably after a wine or something and I should probably stay away from social media to put myself out there with an opinion I, sp I actually spend a couple of days later obsessing over it a little bit to be yeah like, ruminating oh, mm. yeah it's kind of working it through in my mind and then I feel like I've misinterpreted what the person said and oh gosh you know how is it going to be perceived and I mean this could be the way that people maybe feel about their words with their books I can't say like for my own books I've I've felt that way yet it's more been around the publishing side so obviously being the hybrid author podcast we've defined in a couple of episodes back actually what what hi hybrid is and it wasn't just the publishing when I started this it was a, it was about the publishing the traditional and the independent publishing and the two coming together to be the hybrid author but we've since we've defined it's Lots of other things like mixing up writing styles and, and writing across different genres and all this different things. In terms of your writing the shadow for hybrid authorship, you know, I had to think about how I felt about those two terms, traditional publishing and independent publishing. And um, 
I think I've always felt around traditional publishing, you know, I've strived from that for the beginning, maybe because that's the the sort of organizations I've joined. There's lots of people who are in doing that kind of thing. And it felt like the way to go mm. is less, there's less self-publishing groups here. And I just actually feel lately with that side of the industry, I get rejections often, but I feel really rejected by that industry actually at the moment and how much money, time and effort I've actually put in to having my work critiqued uh, from publishers, going to events, all sorts of things. And still just my work's not getting across the line for whatever reason which then leads to me self-bashing and feeling really down and not good enough and I've not turned to self-publishing because I haven't got a traditional deal I actually self-published something completely different which I just feel I don't need to go down traditional publishing for the non-fiction books because they're a different kind of writing style and I'm quite happy to put myself out there but then I feel I feel a bit of um I don't feel shame for doing it but when I'm around traditional published authors that I know I kind of feel like do they think I'm not good enough because I'm doing that as well can you relate to any of that lots lots to unpack there but um for people listening i think there are a few things that can really help you identify where your shadow is and you you talk there you the, back to the social media that was kind of the fear of judgment again mm-hmm. you're, you're worried about what people will think and i think that is also part of traditional publishing and I, i've got chapters in the book about traditional publishing and self-publishing because all of these things have shadow sides and i think if you understand what that might be it can help you prepare prepare for what might happen. So one of the biggest issues with traditional publishing in general is that there is this huge myth of success. It is a mythic career. And we have spent decades looking at authors on TV and their books in awards. And we feel like that is success. And then the reality of the experience, as you just talked about their rejections and not feeling good enough and the self-esteem. And then people feel a version of shame because they haven't hit the success that you're meant to in inverted commas. And then of course, some people get lower sales you know, people get dropped by their agents, their publishers, they get ignored. And then that really, uh, they compare themselves to other authors. And of course, all these things can happen in self-publishing, but it's slightly different because in traditional publishing, people, you can blame someone else. So you can end up with anger around, well, they didn't pick me or they didn't do this. Whereas self-publishing, it's all about you. (laughs) So (laughs) there's, there's all these different things that we can feel and tapping into these emotions are really, important. And it's interesting because what you say there is completely normal for a traditional publishing experience. And the, but the people who, uh, who are, who get book deals and everything, it doesn't go away either. No. So the part of, I guess, understanding <laughs> yeah, the dark horse and the white horse is, okay, so part of the shadow side of traditional publishing is that it is full of rejection. It is full of, you know, not feeling good enough. So how am I going to deal with that? Mm -hmm. Uh, because it won't go it's unlikely to go away and even if you hit I mean I've heard people talk at Thriller Fest you know some of the most famous authors in the world who suffer from imposter syndrome Mm. and you know feel undervalued and all of this and it's like okay that's crazy it never goes away (laughs) but I guess the the trick and it's a lot it's a lifetime journey really is taking the dark sides of these things and trying to deal with them. So it's interesting the stigma of self-publishing around because I I don't feel it at all because from the beginning I have self-published and I you know I'm a reasonably successful author <laughs> uh, across different things but I still people ask me all the time don't you feel the stigma 
And when they ask me that, I obviously I know that they feel that in order to ask that question, they must feel that. And the stigma is, again, associated with shame, embarrassment. Shame is a difficult word. Let's say slightly embarrassed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it is interesting because when people do ask me, I was away um, in Norway this week and some, you know, people will will ask me and I don't say I'm a self-published author. I say I run my own publishing company. And if that reframing helps people, that might be something to do because I run my own company is a higher status thing than I'm self-published. And it's completely true because I do run my own publishing company and so do you. Yeah, it's in bind as well, though. I think like people, I suppose people in the, not the publishing industry, they don't actually care, you know, and they don't understand what (laughs) self-publishing is, what traditional publishing is. Some of them go look a bit puzzled when I talk about it. But yeah, so if you meet a non-published, a non-publishing soul and you talk about that, they don't seem to give a toss, really. (laughs) They just want to read a good book, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but I think, you know, one of the ideas that I think is really interesting is that we, well, the value that we place on something is often where we find our shadows. So uh, when we care about something a lot, that is where we are most likely to be wounded in a way. So, you know, for me, trying to, being told early in my life that I couldn't write that type of thing. And just to explain to people, I, I wrote about a nightmare I, I had in in an English class. And it was, so it was quite a dark story. And my teacher, who <laughs> I still remember her face, you know, she was a very proper English lady. And uh, it was just like, that's not the type of thing you should be writing. You should be writing some kind of literature. And, but because that meant so much to me, I've always, you know, was a book, a book child, bookish child, uh, introvert. And so it, it might not have meant anything to, to someone else in that class. But for me at that moment, as that sensitive person. And that's what I want people to think. It's when you feel this come up, it is that sensitive child that is being hurt. And so if you're feeling whatever that is, think, okay, so if if a little kid is hurt, then that you have to do things differently. You know, you kind of have to go back to basics. And I feel like that's what this is. We spend a lot of time over intellectualizing the writing process, but at heart, we're emotional people. And a lot of this stuff just means a lot. That's why there is shadow around publishing, because Mm. it means so much to us. And we have this idea of success, whether it's traditional or self-publishing. And when we don't hit that level of success, whatever that means to you, (laughs) that's, that's when things can be difficult. But yeah, I think it's about moving through that. And again, the idea of working around the shadow is what are some of these things that are coming up for me? And how can I uh, incorporate that into my life in order to move forward? And this is this is really important, because this is not I writing the shadow is not a psych, you know, a psychology book or a therapy book that means you should dwell in the darkness. It's about incorporating aspects into your writing into your life and moving forward in order to achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I do think it's quite a therapeutic book, though, especially because you've oh, got good. like the question. Yeah, the questions after each chapter, and it, it covers so much, and and that gives you know the reader a chance to then think about themselves and their situation and how they feel and the questions that you've posed to them and and dive a bit deeper. Absolutely. So what what you were saying, obviously, about the the publishing side of things. Yeah, obviously, with writing, and it is such a personal experience of putting yourself out there, whether you show your whole self or you don't, there's still that 
you know, fear of failure, fear of being judged and scaredness. And I think for myself, I've had to really, as you said, it comes from experience and growth and I've dealt with so much. That's why I've got the author fears book. That's what all that is in there that I've, I've, I haven't gotten through. But as you said, you can kind of identify it and be like, well, that's the reason I feel that way. And I think I need to work a bit more on feeling good enough within myself and not needing that mm. validation from others to say you know this is this is good by by a traditional publishing house taking it then I'll be like oh yeah I am good enough whether it's a good experience being with them or not I, I have to sort of believe in myself and my work and my words and I think a lot of it stems from because I actually see we're quite different <laughs> because in the book I think you write about being you know quite a good girl introverted like growing up quite doing the right thing and then you mm. as you, you know developing things like that the, there's this darker sort of side pushing through whereas I feel like not so much from writing perspective but like a personality side I wouldn't go to school and I would just I feel like my dark horse was was leading the way in high school and just just crazy so because I didn't actually finish high school although went back to higher university in my uh, later years I've always thought you know who are you to write a book you didn't even finish high school like you know I think that's something that you do bring up in the book about who do we think we are to to write yeah. so that was one of the questions and things so on that you didn't finish school and then you obviously no. you went back later but I imagine somebody people would have said to you at the time some negative things around that like you know you're that and obviously I don't mean this but you're worth less mm. because you didn't finish school you'll never get anywhere you know, that kind of yeah. feeling may have been, somebody may have said that to you or it may have been imposed by society because, you know, you're a dropout. Well, someone, kind of um, I actually have in the author fears book, a friend uh, from high school who obviously still sees me in the, in the same light as the person I was in high school, which is absolutely crazy because she was crazy. <laughs> and I've got mm. children now. <laughs> I've had to be the white horse now. I actually say that person said, you've written a book, you've changed. So there was that, oh gosh, you know, geez. Like, <laughs> yeah, I never thought she'd yeah. turn out that way. Yeah, kind of thing. Who the hell does she think she is? Or I, I don't know, for me, it was always just around like spelling and grammar and stuff like that. And having not finished high school to then with, with that, um, view of the of books and publishing industry it's it's like a literary view you have to be yes. like in an old school view you have to be intelligent to write a book you have to but these days it's just really to be honest I feel like if you've got a good story to tell or you've got experience that you want to share with the world and like you said connect with people yes and this this is so important but I, I feel like this you did mention earlier not being good enough so it really feels like there is some aspect of that past where people have said these things about you but you've transcended this and yet it may be that with traditional publishing you're still feeling that you're still feeling blocked out in some way because of that and it is a very highly educated um full of highly educated people mm. <laughs> and i mean and in that way it's you know it's it's snobby i mean again you're from the uk you understand the snobbery here is is intense and in fact I don't even know if I could have started being an author if I had lived in the UK I was in Australia in Brisbane when I started writing and self-publishing and I'm so grateful to Australia for mm. helping me be more like that because Australia is less snobby although it yep. still has quite a snobby literary scene yeah uh, it is no it's nowhere near like um yeah, the UK friend. but I think that's really I think it's really interesting to hear that about you because often these things we think we're over them and then we realize that perhaps that 
that does have a bearing on how we feel now. So yeah, I think for people listening, it's really good to try and figure out how yeah how people might have said things to us earlier in our life and how that might be affecting our writing obviously this is a writing podcast so yeah um, and the book is about writing but it can be lots of other different parts of your life as you say absolutely and you but even in the book you delve into so much stuff you know like religion family relationships dying money like you really cover everything it's really jam-packed in there what are some of the ways that authors can access their shadow side you know if they've not been aware of it before maybe in these different categories of their life is it is it worth just going through the book working through the questions or is there certain things they can Mm. look at feelings like you said feelings that arise or traits to yeah I mean I think there's a there's a few things, a few tips, I guess. Well, f- first of all, I, I always I use the word triggers, but it can also mean sort of charge. So if you are triggered by something, if you feel an emotional reaction to something that someone else is like, I don't even see why that's an issue, <laughs> then often that can be, it points to it. So, uh, you know, that's that's one idea. And the sort of what do you judge in others is also a really mm. good way to look at it. So when do you judge people? Uh, catch yourself judging. And what does that mean? So I talk in the book, I have a chapter on you know the physical body and yep. I have different personas and I talk about the body hater. And, you know, as, as a woman, I'll just talk to you about it because I feel like it's something many of us have, which is, you know, I can be walking down the street and I will judge someone on their appearance against myself and I'll often feel wanting. But I feel like society has given us this sort of mindset of body comparison which is very hard to escape yeah <laughs> uh, and I obviously we're not going to go into all that on this <laughs> on this show it would take forever but I think some of these when I catch myself I'm like why how can I just look at that person and judge them and it, it's usually because they're slimmer than me and I feel fat <laughs> let's just say it and, yeah. and I'm just like okay how how do I have why am I still walking around in life doing this so it's a really interesting thing to catch and that's not about writing but that is a, a judgment that I find myself doing mm-hmm. and therefore it's something for me to work through I certainly haven't worked through it so that's another one <laughs> another thing is analyzing your characters so we are writers and many people listening will have written stories so if you analyze your characters and look at what what are my characters afraid of what are my characters flaws what are their wounds what's happened in their backstory and especially if you look at first books the first few books you write often include a lot more of these personal things that you're working through in Mm. your own life and that it might just be an undercurrent of something but you may well find it somehow I have uh, my character Morgan Sierra is super independent to the point of sometimes being damaging as in she will pull away because she's so independent and I'm very independent and I know that that can be a flaw of my own and that I need to ask for help sometimes and I need to hire people for example to be part of my my author company I can't do everything myself so there are ways that we can see aspects of ourselves good and bad in our characters so there's there's lots of different ways and I I should just say importantly as I said this is not a therapy book as such but things may come up Mm. if you do read it and it is important to look after yourself and have self-care and also protect others so it's not a process about blaming people I'm not like blaming that teacher who said that to me all those years ago, I'm using what I learned to try and improve myself and improve my writing so I think that's important too. 
Yeah, it's like processing it really, isn't it? Yeah, in order to finding the gold in the shadow is a really important part. So what we're doing is trying to turn this into creative gold. So (laughs) that might be helping yourself. It might be writing the book of your heart. It might be uh, whatever it might be. But also we're business people. We like making money with our books. It's also about whatever your definition of success is. And uh, I use the example of Colleen Hoover, who I'm sure people people have heard of probably the most one of the most famous authors in the world right now and her books are super dark she absolutely uses her shadow another one would be Stephen King absolutely yeah and talking of education he has practically no education and neither does Colleen you know I thought he was a teacher (laughs) was was he teacher well he certainly (laughs) is not overeducated and Colleen you know also (laughs) not as well but yes and readers love books where characters share their darkness as well as their light and in fact a, a book that is just happy 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 all the time is is uh, pretty boring <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so it's kind of ta- ta- you know tapping into these things with inside yourself kind of being aware acknowledging them feeling them maybe even d- digging deeper and then I wouldn't say writing as catharsis but it kind of feels like you might get something by you know like you said giving them to your characters writing that through working that through <laughs> yes and of course the, writing writing this stuff it doesn't you don't have to publish it no. i think there are different kinds of writing um when i in when i got divorced many years ago i wrote a lot in my journals that has never been published never will be and it wouldn't be necessary to be it was my personal writing but writing many many journals during a couple of years of darkness really helped me and did heal me but I don't need to publish them whereas I can see sort of aspects of that in um, my character Morgan Sierra and in fact I didn't really realize until I was analyzing my books based on the shadow side that I actually do have second chance romance elements in my thrillers and I'm very happily married now for the second time and I feel like at the time I was writing I was new in my relationship with with my now husband and the the sort of second chance romance I didn't even see it until recently but that was obviously part of what I was hoping for and it was buried sort of deep because I'd been rejected in in terms yeah. of divorce so yeah I think again we're not trying to get rid of the shadow side we're not trying to kill off that dark horse we're trying to help it run together with our white horse in order to be more like successful my- creatively and financially yeah well I have to say like uh, do you classify this book as memoir do you as well uh part, no part no I mean no no writing it's difficult because I'm starting to be really cross genre I mean you're the hybrid a hybrid author right so this yeah. is a hybrid book yeah. it is it is a um Joanna Penn book for authors so it's a craft I think it's a craft book uh, it's a writing craft book but as you say it is full of memoir chapters in the same way that my pilgrimage book was both a solo walking guide and also a, a memoir so I feel like that's actually part of what we need to do now and I'm sure you did this in your author fears book is that we can't just write soulless books we can't write soulless non-fiction or just basic fiction anymore we have to bring in these deeper personal aspects in order to connect person to person because otherwise our work won't reach people so i'd encourage people to bring these more personal elements into your work even if you're afraid which i'm you know like i said i am afraid because in that way you can you can touch people and hopefully change people's lives that's all what we want to do 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely connected with so much of it. And I have to say, as someone who I haven't read any of your thrillers, it's not really my genre, but I've read pretty much all your nonfiction books and Pilgrimage and now, you know, writing The Shadow. And I've got to say there is definitely a distinct difference between Pilgrimage writing The Shadow compared with your other works. I feel that's why I was asking. And I know I think Pilgrimage is is what you say, kind of part memoir or cross crossover, because uh, it just it does feel like you... Like I, I've known from your podcast that you've been divorced, but you you open up a lot more in writing the shadow about the circumstances around that and things. So I feel like you you've opened up more definitely in this this book, whether you're sharing things or about what you've identified and how you've used them going forward. Listening to the podcast about how long this book's been on your mind and how long it's kind of taken after all these years. Now that you've shared this and so much. What will the next book bring? Will you, your writing and, and your Joanna Penn personas, is it going to be different going forward now you've released some of the stuff? <laughs> yeah, I think it is interesting because I do feel, as you say, I mean, I've shared a lot in these last two books and I I feel like I'm ready to, like I said at the, I say at the end of this book, you know, let your dark horse run and, and I'm going to let mine run. And so I have a lot more ideas around the type of thing I want to write. So probably more under JF Pen. But I'm, I feel like I've had, um, JF Pilgrimage is under JF Pen. So it's my first oh, nonfiction yeah, yeah. Under, oh, yeah. under JF Pen. And I feel like I'm going to do more nonfiction under JF Pen as well as more fiction. But I feel also, you know, just briefly, this, I'm releasing this book on Kickstarter. Yes. And the wonderful thing about Kickstarter is that you can write an unusual book. And I I feel like the traditional publishing industry and also the self-publishing to Amazon first way of doing things, they both still put guidelines and boundaries around what you should write in order to be successful. There are like rules around how to write to market, how to write in order to get an agent, how to write in order to get a certain deal with a certain house. And Kickstarter is just full of quirky, weird (laughs) books and creative projects and amazing things that people fund because they want original interests work that doesn't necessarily fit into other categories. So if people haven't looked at Kickstarter before, in fact, there's a big one that's out of Australia at the moment called A Thousand Libraries. Have no. you seen No, seen I haven't this? heard of this one. No, it sounds interesting. Uh, though. Well, it's, exactly. I mean, catnip <laughs> for writers. I was like, yes, I want that book. And what it is, is a, a book of a thousand libraries. And it, I think it's being run out of Melbourne, but it, it's, it's massively overfunded because people love the idea. Yeah. But that's the type of book. And I'm really looking to do some more sort of interesting, more visual product. They're very expensive to produce, but if you can get the money up front, then you can make a beautiful product. So I'm interested in writing different types of books, uh, producing more beautiful products um, and just doing different things a, a little bit differently. So this, the Kickstarter version of Writing the Shadow has gold foil on the cover and also a ribbon, which is very exciting to those of us who so uh, cool, you know, yeah. haven't, I know, <laughs> but the gold foil, it just looks beautiful. Uh, but then of course the book will be sold everywhere else once the Kickstarter is has been fulfilled. But yes, I, I feel like I I just want to do more different things. And of course, I talked when I came on your show last time, I talked about your author business plan. Mm. And I think one of the, I would have said, I'm sure I would have said that I have a rough plan, but then things 
come up during the year. Yeah. <laughs> I just follow my my intuition. And so I feel like I'm I found, I I felt like I had to do this book writing the shadow this year in order to kind of finish my 15 years out yeah. and restart the next 15 years. So I don't really know what's coming next, but it feels exciting. Yeah. So that's how you've celebrated <laughs> 15 years yes, rounding maybe. it off. This with book is Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm rounding it off with this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no that's amazing and even the gold foil and stuff that's that's all super exciting and so this will be a new thing going forward possibly each book a kickstarter yes. or just uh, yes yes right wow. maybe, well maybe not mm. every book like i just did cat i did pilgrimage kickstarter and yep. then i did catacomb which is a little horror novella uh, i didn't do a kickstarter on that i just put that out so it would depend i think on the project but if i want to do these beautiful products you know, obviously takes more design work it's higher cost but there's lots of things we can do now so I would encourage people listening you know if you want to do more beautiful books then have a look at how Kickstarter works I've got a lessons learned episode on my show but there's it, it, it's just a very different way but it's it's kind of released me creatively to think about all the possible things I can do and to be fair I was feeling a little bit jaded uh you know this having mm. listened to the show I was like do you know what? I'm just I'm bored with yep. publishing and I, I need to do something different I need to learn something different so in the last year you know I've been learning about AI been learning about uh, Kickstarter and Shopify and all these different ways that we can create and publish and sell and market and it does it just it feels like an entirely new industry to me, which I think we need. It, otherwise, I would have, I'll go and get another career, you know, yeah. otherwise, if you get bored, you might as well move on. But I, I'm not bored anymore. So I'm, I'm very excited. No, it's exciting. I, I feel like even listening to you talk about it, and I have listened to your podcast with the Kickstarter episodes, and I was part of the pilgrimage Kickstarter and, and all the excitement and the hyper and, and things. But I, I, I heard your kind of initial fears around doing Kickstarter and all that sort of stuff and I feel them in myself you know as a new person but I know I, there's lots of author friends that I know who do the Kickstarters and they've all had great experiences with it I think it's more just putting mm. your book out there and, and worried no one wants to support it or and I know like with your pilgrimage you kind of felt the same thing and yours just went yes I'm busted in <laughs> I thought no one would buy it. I really was like, this is so ridiculous. (laughs) I think the most important thing for people to consider, I mean, we just circling back to the beginning, talking about all of this stuff, you know, fear of judgment, for example, holding people back, fear of not being successful, fear of what other people think. These are all completely natural. And what we need to do is just keep trying to move past that. And it takes little by little by little. So the Joanna Penn from 15 years ago, could never have done what I'm doing now. But mm. as we progress, as we learn, and I think that another message in writing The Shadow is you're almost pushing out your comfort zone with each book. So if you're still working on your first book or your second book or your third book, you will still feel this a lot more. And then as time goes on, you you will you can be more brave with each book. So I'm not saying to people, you just need to do everything at once. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of slowly look at how you can incorporate some of these things into your writing and your life. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I feel like with my two nonfiction books that I've got as well, that author fears and how to overcome them, that has everything that I went through uh, over, I've been writing now for about 10 years, and everything I've gone through, and and it's probably delayed a lot of stuff, but I I won't let these things sort of hold me back because, you know, this is my passion, it's my profession, it's the only thing I've ever, like I said, I didn't finish high school, I've not had a direction for years, it's the only thing I've ever really loved and and put so much time and effort in it, Mm -hmm. it's going to pay off at the end. (laughs) Ha ha ha. 
Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Joanna, for your time and expertise. We've absolutely learned so much today. And I know that everyone's going to be really excited to discover where can they go and find Writing the Shadow and all you, your books, podcasts and everything. Oh, well, thank you so much. So Writing the Shadow is available on Kickstarter with the special edition uh, and all the other editions between the 9th and the 25th of October 2023. And the link is thecreativepen.com forward slash shadow book. But that link will also redirect. So if you're listening in the future and uh, you missed the Kickstarter, that link, thecreativepen.com forward slash shadow book will go to all the other places. You'll be able to buy it. It will be on all the platforms in all the formats. (laughs) within uh, the next few months as well. So, uh, and also as you're listening to a podcast, I have the Creative Pen podcast for writers. Come on over um, to learn more things. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Joanna. Thanks for having me. So there you have it, folks. They're always so inspiring. Joanna Penn. And if you haven't heard of Joanna Penn for some absolutely crazy reason, please check her out and her podcast and her books. They've helped me massively on my author adventure. As I always say, she's a mentor of mine. I chose her. She's never even heard of me before. So, But she's just been an inspiration to all. She's a forward thinker in this industry and her passion and just pure inspiration is infectious so yeah go and check her out next time on the hybrid author podcast we have children's author kai garvey chatting to us on making time to write being a creative carer to children with special needs i wish you well in your author adventure this next week that's it from me it's bye for now that's the end for now authors i hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening and i hope you'll listen next time remember to head on over to the hybrid author website at www hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.